Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 115. So, <laughs> I gotta admit, I'm getting a little bored with cancel culture. So, I thought this week we'd talk about the markets and uh, investing more generally. So, there's a traditional approach to investing, which is trying to figure out the actual value of a business, and comparing that value, that intrinsic value, to the price of the stock. And the goal is to find companies that have moats. And that means, <laughs> that jargon means basically sustainable competitive advantage. And hopefully, the result of those advantages is that the earnings power of the company is robust. It's sustainable. And the key, the key to all of this is finding the best businesses, the deepest moats. Now, there are all kinds of different moats. There's, I don't know, network effects and natural monopolies and economies of scale, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you get the point. You get the point. This is traditional investing. Let's say you have a really good business with a deep moat and it has like an 8% free cash flow yield and it's growing, I don't know, mid-single digit. Yeah, that's pretty good. That feels antiquated right now. <laughs> Downright antediluvian. We are in a bubble. We're in a bubble. It's 1998. It's 1999. I just don't know which month. And as with every bubble, there are very, very good reasons for this bubble. For example, coronavirus and the lockdown are basically destroying most of the small businesses in this country. All that is going to be left are the huge monopoly and oligopolies like Amazon and Walmart. And that destruction isn't new. Coronavirus only accelerated it. The trend for 40 years is very clear. The big are getting bigger and everyone else can go fuck themselves, <laughs> right? The big companies, the Googles and the Microsofts and the JP Morgan Chases, they own the government. They own the government. And there's another factor. More and more, you're seeing industries emerge that have winner-take-all characteristics because of network effects, especially online, like Google, like Facebook. So it makes sense that the public markets would be going up because you have an economy that will be increasingly dominated by a very small number of very powerful public companies. And at the same time, well, the government is printing money as fast as it can. Printer go burr. <laughs> They're devaluing the dollar. They are trying to destroy the value of the dollar. And so, of course, the value of equities, of real assets, will go up as a result. Another reason. As recently as a few months ago, I think there was something like $13 trillion of debt that had a negative yield. So $13 trillion of debt was paying you less than zero. And that money, well, it obviously is looking desperately for somewhere else to go. Plus, 
Plus, the market is going up. And that kind of crazy momentum creates, creates FOMO. It creates this fear of missing out. And that makes money chase performance, which makes the market go up more, <laughs> which creates more FOMO, rinse and repeat. And finally, I guess I would say you have the yahoos, the hilarious, brilliant yahoos over at WSB and Robinhood creating memes and printing tendies. So there are lots of reasons, and there are always good reasons for a bubble. And I guess that's a very long caveat to say, you know, feel free to dismiss what I'm about to say as one of the products of this bubble. But, <laughs> the fulcrum of the but, I think there's still something in what I'm going to say. Although these thoughts are very poorly thought out, and I'm not really sure what I believe at this point. Hmm, okay, where to start? There's a cliche in investing that trees don't grow to the sky. That is wrong. That's wrong. Some trees do grow to the sky. Netflix, Walmart, Microsoft, United Rentals, Market Access. And these trees do so well that they make up for all the little saplings that never make it. And this is a really important point. The reason that index investing works the reason that you almost always just want to buy the entire market is to make sure that you own those trees that will grow to the sky. Now, you can't identify them on their own ahead of time consistently. So you just have to buy everything. <laughs> you just have to buy everything. And that, at its heart, is a very humble approach. It says, I can't pick winners, but if I buy everything, I will be buying every winner, and those winners will more than offset the companies that don't do well. This raises an obvious question, which is, how can I find those trees ahead of time? Now, when I wrestle with this question, because it's a question that every investor wrestles with, I keep coming back to this difference between arrogance and humility. Now, I know what you're saying. What kind of wishy-washy bullshit is this, Matt? We're talking about investing. But I think success in investing, success in any profession, really, it's a sign that your model of reality is correct, that you're in sync with reality. Now, that should be the goal, at least, because I can tell you from personal, very painful experience that when I'm out of sync with reality, when I act and rea reality punches me in the nuts, it hurts like hell. So how do we get in line with reality? We have to observe reality. We have to see what reality is telling us. We have to get feedback. And once we have feedback, we should do more of what works, and we should stop doing what doesn't work. The first rule of holes is stop digging, try something else, adapt. Now that's humility. It's humble 
to accept the feedback of reality. It's humble to change your mind based on evidence. Now, humility is really, really hard. It's so hard. You have to destroy your ego. You have to understand that you are not your ideas. That allows you to hold your ideas lightly and and to let them go as soon as reality tells you they're wrong. I think traditional investing is an arrogant approach. And let me try to explain that because that approach is the one I followed for my entire career. Think about it. You do tons of work. You talk to everyone in the industry you can get your hands on. You try to understand the industry, the company, better than anyone else in the world, better than management, better, and this is the key, better than the market. Because think about this, when you buy a stock, that's super arrogant. You're buying it from someone who is selling it, who thinks it's going to go down. And there's no other person in the market at that moment who's willing to pay the same price you're willing to pay. You're willing to pay a higher price than the entire world. So you're telling the market it is wrong. You're telling the market it's wrong. And the market is the sum of all the information currently available. It's the sum of all the wisdom and the knowledge and the experience of every person out there who could buy or sell that stock. You're saying they are all wrong and you're right. And when the stock goes down, traditional investing tells you to buy more. Now, traditional investing works. It works because the market is wrong a lot. (laughs) And it's wrong for pretty straightforward reasons. It panics. It overreacts. It's emotional. So if you can maintain your emotional discipline, if you can keep your head when all about are losing theirs, then investments that are obviously good will come along. Not very often, not predictably, and usually at times when you personally have a lot of reason to be panicking. (laughs) And maybe something went wrong and you don't have any money to invest. But, 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 but the fat pitches will come. Now, I think finding the trees that grow to the sky, and again, I'm not talking about a stock that is cheap because people are panicking and is going to go back up 50 to 100% in a year or two years or three years. I'm talking about stocks that are going to go up 100x. And I think finding those companies, those stocks, requires a completely different approach. Completely different. An approach that is based in radical humility rather than arrogance. An approach that that doesn't try to know more about a company than anyone else. An approach that doesn't buy more as the price goes down. The opposite, in fact. The opposite. Okay, here's my current hypothesis. (laughs) Subject to change, of course. Step one. Go find companies that may have an almost infinite TAM, an almost infinite total addressable market. 
Now, this is a really hard step because that infinite TAM won't be obvious. Judgment still has a role with this approach. For example, you'd have to imagine that one day Netflix would show flicks on the net. (laughs) You'd have to imagine that one day hundreds of millions of people would pay for free shipping. So now you have a company where you think its addressable market is almost infinite. Step two, is that company growing revenues really fast? If yes, step three, buy a little bit. Don't look at the valuation. (laughs) Don't look at the PE multiple. The stock will look insanely expensive. I guarantee it. But in this tiny little corner of the forest, which might be extremistan, where maybe trees will grow to the sky, the current valuation is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. What was Walmart's multiple in 1972? Or, or Microsoft's in 1987? Or Amazon's in 2005? Or Netflix's in 2007? Who cares? Who cares? It's irrelevant. In fact, maybe an insanely high valuation is a good sign. Maybe. Now, step four. If the stock goes down, don't do anything. Resign yourself to losing all the money. (laughs) But if the stock goes up, buy a little more. And this is the key. This is where the humility comes in. Because this is listening to the market. This is listening to the feedback of reality. It's accepting the feedback of the market. You're not trying to be smarter. You're not scouring the financials or, or running complicated DCF models. You're just trying to go with the flow. Markets are really smart. So that trend upward that the stock price is climbing tells you something. It tells you a lot. But the market, the market woefully underestimates trees that will grow to the sky. So buying as the stock goes up still makes sense. Okay, so those are the four steps. And that's as far as I've gotten with this idea. Anyway, if you have any feedback or better yet pushback, please let me know. That's all I got this week, and I'll catch you later.